You're listening to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Phil Better Inc. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, make sure you book your free 15-minute call with Phil Better, the podcast mogul, at www.philbetterinc.com. All right, welcome to the show. My name is Phil Better, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Lisa D. Domenico. I hope I pronounced it right. I should have asked you before that while we were in the green room. But uh, Lisa, how about you give your uh, my audience a 30-second elevator pitch about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Phil. I really appreciate it. Uh, so yes, my name is Lisa Di Domenico. I'm a career and mindset coach, and I founded my business in, um, I would say, I kind of started like um, founding it while I was pregnant on bed rest with my <laughs> 2019 but it really came to life in 2020 um and what i do is i help people who feel professionally stuck and unfulfilled gain the clarity they need to build an authentically aligned and purpose-driven life i love that that's very important nowadays especially 2020 showing us how our mindset and life haven't really aligned perfectly to make sure people are happy because well, me specifically, my audience knows, and I, I mentioned before, but I did have a burnout in 2020 because I wasn't happy with my life. So I'm glad you're here. Maybe you can help me more line my life into a better and <laughs> business practices so I can, you know, leave that nine to five and become a full time uh, podcast producer or podcast mogul, as I like to call myself. Um, we're going to start off really simple. Lisa, um, when you started your career, your career, what made you decide to go into the entrepreneurial world? Yeah, so it's really interesting that you speak of burnout because uh, that was kind of my catalyst. Um, so I come from the world of mental health. So I worked. Uh, I have my uh, I have a BA and MA, BA and MA in psychology. I became a guidance counselor and I worked as a guidance counselor for uh, 10 years, but I also worked very tightly in a psychology capacity. So in collaboration with psychologists doing assessments and that kind of thing. Um, but I was usually hired as a career specialist. Um, and I always felt like how I was trained so I really didn't feel like I was having, creating the impact I wanted to have on the clients I was working with and the impact I think they needed to really create the change they wanted. Um, and um, I just felt like there was something missing in how I was taught to practice and I craved more for my clients, but also for myself. Like I just didn't feel satisfied with the work that I was doing because I just didn't feel it was really as effective as it could be. And so um, I also, the other side of that at a personal level, so that was the professional side, the personal level was the containers that I was expected to work from as a mental health professional just weren't conducive to my own mental health uh, in terms of the amount of clients um, we're expected to see um, to be able to sustain, I'm going to say in private practice or even in in, organi in um, uh, other settings as well, just it felt like I was chasing my time 
and it left me feeling exhausted and not creating again that impact that I wanted to have with my clients because I just didn't have the time to really invest in them in the way that I needed to mm -hmm. and wanted to because I had to see other clients. And so the impact on that was I felt this is such a personal opinion that they weren't getting this, the service they needed and deserved. And I was coming home feeling depleted and exhausted uh, and, and not available for my own family. And it actually led me to question whether I needed to leave my career uh, because I hit burnout twice. And so I thought to myself, there has to be a better way. There has to be a way I can continue to do what I'm good at with the impact that I want to have without sacrificing my own mental health. And everything that goes along with that, right? In terms of how I show up as a mom, as a wife, and my relationships and, and all of that. And so I, uh, I decided to, I didn't know coaching. I didn't know I was going to end up in coaching. It was <laughs> far not a conscious decision. Um, it came when I hit my second bout of burnout and I decided to get help. And it just so happened that the professional I sought help from um, was working in part in a coaching capacity. And it was so effective for me. And I am someone who, like I said, comes from the mental health world and I've always sought help from psychologists. Like it was never something I shied away from, but I needed a different kind of help to really change how I was living and um, this person did that for me and it also gave me the pieces I found the pieces to having the impact the missing pieces that I craved in terms of the impact I wanted to have on clients I served in a career capacity and it kind of gave me the aha that I've been looking for and I dove two feet in, hired a business coach because I knew nothing about business. And I said, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find a way to have the impact that I want to have on people to create the change I know they need. And meanwhile, creating the change I knew I needed to be well. So it's a win-win. Oh, I love it. That is uh, something I think nearly every single one of my entrepreneurs that I've interviewed over the last two, three seasons have said, they've always looked for that impact, that moment that they can change someone's life, their eureka moment. So being, having it come from someone who's a professional in the mental health industry, who uh, understands the, the craziness that some people go through, re reiterating it in better words than I could, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very nice to hear that, like, yeah, they, you, being an entrepreneur or being in business for yourself and it's more helping other people and get that, get them the wins that they need. So I, I really appreciate that you're on the show and you're sharing your, uh, your expertise with uh, my audience. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I do send out a, uh, a, a bit of a questionnaire beforehand and I, I like some of your answers to them because you're not really sure you weren't really sure when you messaged me, you're like, I can't pick or I didn't know how to answer them. So we're going to go with some of the ones that you didn't answer or you had a smaller answer that you weren't sure of because yeah. those are where the gems can be. Um, <laughs> I, I usually ask, uh, what was your, what would you consider your first success? And you're like, I can't provide an answer to this as I feel right. life is a cu accumulation of successes. What do you mean by that? Like how, you can't figure out your first success or where you feel that your major success came from? Well, I mean, 
what is meant by success? True. Right? There's so many versions of success. Are we talking professional success? Like generally what I see is successful in my own life. Are we talking like there's so success can be anything. I think it's just so personal. And so a first success. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we've been succeeding and failing our entire life. Right. I mean, that's what we learn. So I can't say that I. All right, we'll go. We'll go with this um, moment that I just, you know, see a successful in your either in your entrepreneurial journey. Yes. Either a success there, or maybe a success in your your previous career that helped you push you towards that entrepreneurial uh, moment. Okay. Either one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and obviously, uh, success, like you said, it's in, it's it's a personal thing. Like for me, a success is maybe you know waking up in the morning and being able to go for a walk whenever I want. You know, that could be a success for me. Whereas for other people, that is just like their daily routine. So, any anything that you define success as. So I would say in that case, if we look at the entrepreneurial journey, my entrepreneurial journey, I think my first real success was the decision to commit to myself my and my happiness and invest in myself and my happiness. I think that was pivotal uh, in terms of uh, having success as an entrepreneur. And the reason why I say that is um, Oh, man, I can go to so many places with this. <laughs> go anywhere is fine. There's nothing off limits. You're the only one who decides where we go with this conversation. I am just the storyteller. All right. So I'm going to go off on a little bit of tangent, but I think it's relevant. Um, so the catalyst to me starting this, to be honest, I would love to say that this came from a place of like true self-love and like <laughs> Like, I totally deserve this. Like, no, like, sorry, that's not where I was at. But what I can tell you is the catalyst to me making the decision to do the thing that somewhere in my heart I always knew I wanted but didn't allow myself, didn't give myself permission to want it, which is to be an entrepreneur, excuse me, be an entrepreneur, um, was my daughter's reaction. So bit of backstory. I've always been somebody who struggles with anxiety and depression. Um, it's been part of my adult life and, uh, it just became my normal until I had my daughter and she was two and a half. And I was in this vicious cycle again, after having my daughter gone back to work, trying to juggle, uh, work and family and all the things and coming home, just completely depleted from my day. Um, and my daughter, it was a Saturday morning and I was curled up in my bed, didn't want to get out of bed. And my daughter walked in and she was two and a half and she said, not again, mom. Yeah. So as you can imagine, <laughs> that was a knife through my heart. I can only, um, I, I, I can't even imagine. I have no <laughs> kids of my own. So I, I can only figure like it's like you said, a knife to the heart. And I, I've yet to have a knife through my heart from that. But damn, that must have been like nearly devastating. Yeah, it was my wake up call. 
it was my wake up call in the moment. Obviously it just like, I felt like, Oh my gosh, I'm failing at my career. Now I'm failing at my, as a motherhood. Like this is what I'm showing to my daughter. This is what, this is what I'm showing my daughter, what it means to live and work. Um, you know, and I was like, that, that's not the message I want to bring. And so, um, that's not the message I want to teach her. And so while in that moment I was shattered, um, the next day I walked myself to the walk-in clinic and I went on a leave of absence and I committed to turning myself around, um, turning my life around because I needed first and foremost to be a better mother to my daughter. And I knew that the only way to teach her was to embody what I wanted for her. I needed to show her what was possible and I didn't like what I was showing her. So that was the beginning of, as you can imagine, that was my burnout. <laughs> that was my second burnout. That was my wall. And um, it took seven months. I was off for seven months. I was doing therapy. I was getting coaching. I was, you know, spending a lot of time with myself and looking at myself in the mirror to understand how I contributed to my unhappiness. And I think that's really pivotal because it's easy to sometimes look outside of ourselves and, and point fingers at all the things that are happening to us and find reasons and excuses for why we are the way we are. But the truth is we do have control over ourselves. It's the only thing we have control over. And I had understood that I was the common denominator to all of the negative things that had happened in my life. I had patterns I needed to fix if I was going to change how I lived and work, uh, worked. And so that is what I spent the next seven months unraveling was my own. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but like, you, just you can. the only, the, the C word is the only word that I, we, we don't allow on the show. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like getting out of my own way and understanding my own bullshit basically is what I, I wanted. Like, what have I been telling myself that's been keeping me here? Um, and that was, the beginning that was my new beginning that was like the what launched the next chapter of my life without a doubt i love it it's and it's true i think because we're inundated by so uh, by society all these different things this is how you have to be successful or this is how you do certain things you start pushing yourself and putting these pressures on yourself to try and fit that mold when you, you may not be it's the wrong shoe size in essence it's not that's the shoes you're supposed to walk, walk your path on. It's something else. Maybe you have to go barefoot and you do whatever you want or, you yeah. know, you get the professional shoes, the running shoes or whatever. So I really like how you took those seven months and just redefined and rewrote your history, your story. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love the way you said that because it's exactly what it felt like. It felt like really I created a whole lot of consciousness around the way I thought and how I behaved. And I really started to unscript the parts of the beliefs and mindset I held that I no longer wanted to hold. Like some of them weren't even mine, like the conditioning and, and you know, what it means to be successful and, and all kinds of things. Like I, I had to sit down and really think about like, what does happiness mean to me? What does success mean to me? What do I want from my life? Not what do I think I should do? What would be the right thing to do? What will people think if I don't do this or that? Like really get clear on as to 
what, how do I want to live this life? Like, how will this make me feel good? And how do I want to show up for the people that matter most to me? So how do I create a life around that? So to really get recentered, um, it was hard. I I can imagine rewriting something that you've been doing for your whole life. And then all of a sudden you're like, nope, this is not how we're doing it. And then you're like, okay, what do I keep? What do I get rid of? You're doing like a, a minimalist change. I can't remember the lady who was on Netflix that has her show about minimal, getting rid of the clutter. You know, you're getting rid of your clutter and you don't know what to keep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we've kind of gone over your, your first six, uh, your first, what you consider your first success. And I'm, I'm guessing your burnout would be considered your first failure. You see, this is where I don't see it as a failure. Okay. At uh, of course. It's... <laughs> I see it as a catalyst. A catalyst. Okay. I like that. A catalyst. So, so here's the thing. If you would have asked me this, like, because I had two burnouts, right? Mm-hmm. One, first one being in like 2011. Uh, the second one being in 2018. Had you asked me back in 2011, that was a massive failure. I had so much shame and guilt and embarrassment around that. I felt so inadequate. But today, like after all the personal growth and mindset work, like I recognize that that I needed to hit that wall because I wasn't learning the lessons I needed to learn to get to where I needed to be, to be happy. Like that second burnout especially was a catalyst to me. So this is why now I struggle with the perception of failure as failure because I see it as lessons. Okay. Like, and, and while it was really uncomfortable and it didn't feel good, um, I choose now to, to face my failures with curiosity. So what is this trying to teach me? What am I supposed to learn from this? Um, and, and that also speaks to kind of your first question. This is how success is created because if we let ourselves get derailed every time we fail big or small, then we're always going to feel like a victim to our circumstances. Whereas if we choose to, um, look at those failures and understand our role in them and where we can do better and improve and not for the purpose of like self-judgment or being hard on ourselves, but really for the purpose of embracing the lesson in the setback, then we get to move forward. And so I'm actually very grateful for that failure, quote unquote. Um, And I know it's perceived that way from a lot of people, but I just don't experience it that way. I'm so grateful for it because it is why I'm sitting doing this podcast with you. Like this wouldn't even be happening. No, it's true. And and I, I look at life like as you do, and I guess I need to reword my questions now that you've brought that to my to the, to the point. But it's it's a lesson I'm learning about doing this because this is the actually first season that I have these dedicated questions, and you keep need to keep improving them so that you can you know make sure that they're the best questions available, and you, you just keep learning. You know, it's and yeah, so. I, and I look at failures as lessons because there other ones are what what's the best le- lesson you learned from a failure? And because I think they're teaching, they're teaching m- moments in your life. They're the guideposts of your life to bring you to the next level, to the next moment that will change your life. Because everything is, your life is con- constantly evolving. Nothing stays the same. Yes. 
I'm so, so glad you said that because especially in the context of career, like when you think about how we've been trained to perceive our career, like it's like you pick something and you stick with it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I feel like that's so outdated because number one, it's, it's not realistic and it's outdated. So it's not realistic because like you just said, we're constantly evolving. The world around us is constantly changing. Um, so how can we expect to want the same thing for like 20, 30, 40 years, or even to expect that it looks the same. Maybe we don't want to like create any drastic changes, but what we need when we're 25 and what we need when we're 35 or 45 or 55 could look radically different and add to that, that life's happening, Mm -hmm. right? And things shift like, you know, look at 2020, for example, we're all forced to rethink how we live and work. So I think it creates a lot of unnecessary pressure to actually believe that we're supposed to just like do one thing and be this one person and fit into that one mold for our entire life. So I had to, uh, I had to just like jump off of that comment because uh, yeah, it, it's, you're absolutely correct. About- it kind of reminds me like, as you were saying, my father, when I was growing up, he's like, you can't jump around in jobs. You need to have the same job because they have to see that you're reliable. And it's like, what happens if I don't like the job? Like, I'm still, I'm young. I'm 20, I'm like 18. I don't know what I like anymore. Like, what I like at 18, like you said, at 28, right. 38, or 35, 25, it's completely different because we're evolving. We're getting the different sensories. So I love how th- I'm going to be clipping that, and that's going to be one of the audio clips for sure because it's, it's a valuable lesson for not only young people to learn because I think the older generations, because that's how they did it, It's and the world's, world changed, like, Internet is like, we are now a global community of people. There's no longer your small little network. I, like I was telling you before, I have a a, a company in France that I'm working with. I have a client in Australia. Like, I don't have anybody in Canada actually as a client. I have them international. So I think that's, that's very important. Like, don't worry. Things will come as long as you're willing to accept that. Embrace the fear of uh, change. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think we're in a really different time too, right? Like we're like, like you just spoke to the possibilities are endless. And so, well, for perhaps like our parents' generation, it makes sense that like you find a job and you stick to it because there wasn't an abundance of options mm-hmm. and opportunity like we have now, but literally the world is our oyster. Like right now, today, there are so much opportunity. There are so many different like the level of reach we can have if we choose to. And I think that's the danger of operating from, uh, you know, an outdated mindset is, is that un, we're unwittingly like creating barriers that don't exist um, where there's much more opportunity. So absolutely. It's a, it's a different, it's a different world of work yes, and yes. it's proven people change careers five to seven times in a lifetime now. All right. So how many am I? <laughs> I need to count on that. Um, so I want to go to your best lesson learned from a success. What would you say? And obviously success is defined by you, not by me. What would you say is your best lesson you learned from a success that you had? Personal, business, career, anything like that is fine. Hmm. 
That's lesson learned from a success. I don't know if this answers the question, but if, I'm if you feel it answers the question, then it answers the question. I don't have, I'm just the writer here. I'm just the person that you're telling your story to. All right. I would think the best lesson I learned from success is that success is a choice. Hmm. Um, because to speak to what we were saying before about failure, failure is always going to be there. Mm -hmm going to make mistakes we're always going to mess up like we're always gonna you know fall on our face it's what we do with it right it's what we do with it it's the lessons we extract from it and and, and if i think in, in an entrepreneurial spirit like i'm still learning like i'm so new at this and i've made mistakes like I've lost money. I've like invested in things that didn't work out. I've tried strategies that didn't work. I've like banged my head against the wall. I've said things I shouldn't have said. Like I w I've done all of this. Um, but, you know, when I fall, I get back up and I choose to be like, okay, what did I do wrong? What could I do better? How do I make this better? How do I improve? Um, and I think that so long as I keep that mindset that success is a choice, I get to choose what I do with my failures. And so, um, and I, I can let them like educate my next steps. Uh, so I don't know if that that's a perfect answer. No, it's a perfect answer because you're you're taking your because you said you you look at your failures as also a success as teachers to your for your success and take extracting that those lessons that from those failures are your biggest success. Those are the they lead you to your next biggest client, the, the next moment in your life that you have the aha moment, if you will. So that's a perfectly great answer to it. All right, good. Keep. <laughs> Validation, I think people need more of as well. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I always like asking this question because it's it's a fun question, I find. And everybody has a different answer. So don't worry, there's no right answer to this. But if I snap my fingers, you're either on your deathbed or you're changed your career, you're, you're old and gray, if you will. What is your, like, you look back on your life and that goal that you set, like the ultimate goal in your life, what is it? Like, did you reach it? What, what, what is the goal that you want to reach? I guess I'm trying to ask. Professionally, personally, both. Whatever you, th this question is yours to answer. I don't, add, I don't add anything extra. It's like, what is your ultimate goal? If I could snap my fingers, your ultimate goal happens. What is it? I'm a genie, if you will. Show up powerfully in the life of others. Ooh. Yeah. Do you mind just expanding a bit on that? Because I think there's a lot of gold in that answer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I think of my why, of why I did this in the first place, it's because I want to show up powerfully in the lives of my clients. And I want to show up powerfully in the lives of my family. And show up powerfully for me. <laughs> um, you know, I want to... I want to be fully present. I want to have an impact. I want to be available um, emotionally, psychologically, uh, intellectually, you know, spiritually, all of it. I want to just 
have a quality of presence and in the life in the lives that I touch. Um, I mean, I'm a helper at heart, right? Mm. Uh, so yeah, I would say if I could look back on my life and feel like I showed up powerfully in, in the best way that I can, you know, like understanding that I'm human and I'm flawed and yeah. uh, doing my best. Um, I think I would leave this life pretty satisfied and happy. I like that answer. That's a great answer. And very different than I, I the reason I like this question is because everybody has a different answer to that question. And it's always, it always makes me think I'm like, maybe that's not a bad idea. That's, that's, powerful like your answer is truly a powerful answer um because not everybody has that that mindset that they want to show up powerfully for others or for themselves even because they they're timid because we've been taught to not stand out i guess yeah well i'd be lying if i said uh, i've recently had to really grapple with the fact that i am meant to ruffle feathers <laughs> I like ruffling feathers. It's what I'm good at, but it's always for um, the purpose of helping people move forward and, and fulfill their potential and be the best version of themselves. And as somebody who is a recovering people pleaser, that was like in complete contradiction. Uh, I feel you on the, the people pleasing thing. Right? Uh. right? So ruffling feathers means making people uncomfortable. It means people not always agreeing with you and, and maybe even not being liked. So that's something I've had to um, become okay with. Um, but it's for the, it's for my why, right? It's for the purpose of showing up powerfully. So, yeah. I like it. Very, very good. Um, Lisa, I, I would like to know what kind of lesson you would like to impart on my listeners. Uh, if they take away one thing from this episode. Yeah, so I think I would say that not to underestimate how work dissatisfaction can really impact your entire life. And the reason why I say that is because, well, as I previously mentioned, I come from the world of mental health. And um, having worked in a career capacity and mental health capacity, I just see how much being in a job in which you feel unfulfilled, like something's missing, that you're unsatisfied in, really has a negative ripple effect into other areas of your life. Um, it affects your mental health. It affects your physical health. Um, it affects all your relationships, whether it be, you know, your partner, your kids, your friends, your family, you know, whatever. And um, I think people neglect to see that sometimes. And um there's a cost to that, you know, there's a, there's a deep cost to that. And so I guess my message is if you're unhappy, it's someplace in your life, have the courage to ask for help, to invest in yourself and your happiness. Because while some people feel guilt around that and feel like it's selfish, when you invest in yourself and you are a happier, healthier version of you, everyone wins like everyone wins around you your employer wins your you know partner wins your family wins your family your 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 friends win it's a ripple effect um and i know i've learned that at a very personal level um through my through my own experience going through burnout anxiety depression and i can't help 
Uh, one of the driving forces behind what I do now is I can't help but think that when I see statistics like 85% of people globally are unsatisfied at work and we see the rates of depression and anxiety skyrocketing along with burnout, of, of course, 2020 is an exceptional year, but um, uh, it's not unrelated. It's not unrelated. And I, I just wish we could all do a better job at advoc advocating for what we know we need to live happier, healthier lives, because I really believe that's how we create bigger change um, when we start asking for what we, we need personally. I like that. That's a great lesson for people to learn. It, it's true. If you don't start, no one's going to invest in you if you don't start investing in yourself. No one's going to take that time to, you know, make you better or help you or show you the way if you're not willing to take that the risk, if you will, of doing it yourself and trying and someone saying, oh, you're willing to try here. Let me help you along. Because that's what happened with me. I I talked with many entrepreneurs and they, they helped me along either by providing me another guest for the episode because they've enjoyed themselves on the show or by actually asking me to book them on other uh, shows because I have a network of being in the podcasting world for far too long. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think that's a great answer. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, not willing to take that risk and think about what's good for you so that you can help other people. And the ripple effect is true. I've, I've seen it in my life by taking that time and investing myself to make myself happy. I've seen my brother's happier. He's doing better. My brother is, uh, I, I'm not sure if my, so people know Lisa is a friend of my sister's <laughs> and this is how we, we connected. Um, again, showing how the ripple effect happens. But my, I, I don't know if you know that my brother lives with paranoid schizophrenia. I did not know that. Okay, so some of my audience does know my brother lives with paranoid schizophrenia and I've seen him by watching me, my transformation from my burnout to where I am now, him taking a larger risk that he used to be scared to take because of his paranoia. And for me, that just, in, like he's always been my, like, my superstar since he deals with this mental illness, you know, lives with this mental illness that I don't know how he does it day in and day out, but he is a warrior. And so when he says I'm inspiring him, it's just like, Oh, oh okay. It feels good that I'm, I feel like I'm on the right path and I need to push myself to get better so that he he's pushing himself. So we're both there helping. So I do believe like the ripple effect, how you say investing in yourself it pays dividends uh, tenfold actually. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, we're going to, going to change it up. I, I, I always like, cause I'm a voracious book eater. Um, I always like to know what my entrepreneurs on the show are reading or a book that's inspired them. And it doesn't have to be work related or business related. It can be, you know, some people have said, uh, how to influence friends, uh, how to win friends and influence people, uh, to actually a movie about selling cars, um, which is, Fair, he was a car salesman before, <laughs> so makes sense. But what is a book that you would recommend people if they're jumping into the entrepreneurial world or into the coaching world like you are? What would be a book that you say, this this helped me, whether it's pers uh, your personal life or in your business life? So interesting, because in full disclosure, I can't say that I read or like read that many entrepreneurial books. I've invested in entrepreneurial mentorship, but I have not necessarily read a lot of entrepreneurial books or even, 
coaching, but I read a couple coaching books, but I come from the world of mental health. So, um, well then maybe a, a book but, in the world of mental health that would be beneficial for people who maybe you find would help them move along investing in themselves. Yeah. So I would, if I'm going to go with the personal development route, Perfect. <laughs> um, and this is probably cliche for a lot of people, but I would say everything Brene Brown. And especially if um, you're newer to the personal development world because, or like investing in yourself and, and, you know, creating consciousness around like your patterns and all that, because I know for me, she was a big eye opener for me. Like it was a uh, Brene Brown really started um, opening my eyes to personal development, but in a really real way, which I, I really appreciated. So I would say Brene Brown. Funny enough, she, uh, I, I watched a show called Mythic Quest and one of the characters actually says, I'm going to send you links to Renee Brown. Like he, he, Renee Brown is his, his idol. So hearing you say it, it's like, all right, the universe is telling me something. I need to check out Renee Brown because if it's once, <laughs> once is okay, twice is a coincidence. <laughs> Three times, it's a, a kick in the yeah. butt. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, now... This is this is a new question. I, I I've been reading Tim Ferriss's book on Titans. It's a it's an amazing book, and listening to his podcast is just I'm I'm switching my way of podcasting more towards his because because it's you learn a lot when you're listening to podcasts and different podcasters who have interviews. He he interviewed someone, and I I'm forgetting his name, and I I hate it. I'm probably going to put it in the show notes. But the question he he says like the first question you ask someone to really get to know them, it's what are some of the choices that you made, uh, the choices that you've made that created who you are today? Mm. That's a good one. I think um, I would have to say listening to myself even when people didn't understand my choices and um, what I was doing or I was being judged for it or trusting my inner voice, if that makes sense. Perfect sense. Um, I didn't always do it. Um, but when I did, it always worked out. So trusting now, your inner voice. yes, sorry, trusting your inner voice. I like it. It's a... Trusting my inner voice and trusting what I know feels right to me, even if it doesn't make sense between my two ears, like it doesn't, it's not logical or can't be understood and people around me don't understand it. Um, that's been my best guide. I love it. It's a great, great thing to, to end the episode on. Um, before we end fully, I always like my guests to have five minutes of un, uninterrupted time from me asking a whole bunch of questions to allow them to show my audience where they can come to connect with you, how they can learn from you, and maybe even get in contact to be a client of yours. So I'm going to jump off screen and I'm going to allow you the full five minutes. All right, you, you use as much as time as you want. Don't worry. You don't have to use the full five minutes, but you have the five minutes where we can get in touch with you and any other parting lessons. 
Yeah, sure. So um, you can get in touch with me over at uh, www.lisadlifebydesign.com. Um, and um, I offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching, career coaching services. I also uh, newly offer resume writing services. So if you are considering making a career or job change and you need help uh, shining through um, what you do, um, I really prone my approach is very much based in authenticity and a person environment fit. So um, that shines through in my CV creation process as well. Um, so yeah, so if you're feeling stuck, like there's something missing, like, you know, you've gone through life, you've checked off all the box, all the boxes you have from the outside, what everyone feels, you know, would look at you and be like, you have everything, you should be happy, you should feel successful, but deep down you are unhappy. Um, I can help you. I can help you get clear on what's missing um, and help you create a life you love, which encompasses obviously work, the work that you do. So it feels meaningful, uh, aligned and authentic to who you are. That's amazing. And I, I can't thank you enough, Lisa, for being a guest on the show and sharing your incredible story and your incredible wisdom of how you're, you look at failures as more as lessons and catalysts to change. And I think I'm going to be updating my questions for at least season five to say uh, what <laughs> the catalyst that uh, some of the catalysts that changed you uh, for sure, because I think it's a better word than failure. Um, so thank you very much for that, for helping me already improve my show just by being a guest on it. Um, and of course, everybody, please reach out to Lisa if you're interested, if you found this episode interesting. She's an amazing person. If you haven't gotten this from the episode, she she's smiling the whole time. And it's rare for my guests to smile because they're usually upset that I ask these important, hard-hitting questions, you know, like Barbara Walters herself. Uh, but Lisa, thank you again for being a guest on Invest in Yourself. And thank you for investing in yourself to get to where you are. Thank you. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, just thanks so much. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I want to thank you for your support. It means so much. If you're looking to launch your podcast, I have the ultimate seven steps to launch a successful podcast. I wrote it, in my, wrote it myself. So if you're interested, send me an email at book at feelbetterinc.com and I will send you the link where you can get it. It's only $7.99 and your support would mean so much. So I thank you so much and let's go. And thank you so much. Your support is... Fuck me, Hey, guys, I want to thank you so much for continuing to listen to the podcast. Uh, your support means everything to me. If you would like to know how I launched multiple podcasts in only seven steps, make sure you send me an email. The email address is book at feelbetterinc.com. Again, that is a book, B-O-O-K, at feelbetterinc.com. When you send me the email, you'll get a link to buy the book. I can't wait for you guys to read it and let me know what you think. So have a great day.